Podcast, college football gambling podcast with your host Connor Nolan. Follow me on Twitter, CMed at CMeds11 for picks each week. Might change it up a little bit. Might go at the uh, Nolan knows, get a little familiar with, but uh, just to give you guys a heads up, just got done watching that pick game, and that's that's exactly why you buy that half a point there. What I say on uh, the other day's podcast. Buy that half a point. If it's minus 120 versus minus 110, whatever, you're dishing out an extra $5 if you're betting 55 for 50. Like, it's not a big deal. Just bet that money. That's why we push. We don't lose money. And then we get to keep that money that we're fucking just putting up. But uh, that pick game is just ridiculous. That guy misses a wide open reception for West Virginia. It goes through his hands and into pit. And return it for uh, pick six. Holy shit, now Purdue just had a pick six against Penn State. I mean, just some bad interceptions. I mean, that was on the receiver. JT Daniels did what he was supposed to. Unfortunately, the guy missed it and went to Pitt's hands. But honestly, I was nervous about that game the whole time. I'm sure everybody was. West Virginia looked like the better team for most of the time. You know, Slovis, I mean, the guy just hang, hangs on to the ball too long. It, it, that drives me insane. Throw the ball away if nobody is open. Or, like, I don't know why you run 15 yards back and then take a sack and now it's fucking second, 15, third, 15, whatever. Throw the ball away. Always live to, li- always live to play another down. But, um, yeah, even this Penn State game, I mean, it's going back and forth. I knew this would be a good game. It would have been a tough one to play. But, uh, you know, Penn State minus three and a half is looking like a hook almost if you were on that Penn State game. But uh, we'll get into some uh, picks uh, Friday night. I mean, we have a couple games Friday night, a, couple, a lot of games Saturday, some good ones. You know, tonight wasn't really the best. You had uh, – just a lot of D1 AA teams going against some powerhouses, and none of them really turn out to be good games except for these two, really. So it's a good thing I reviewed these and we're on them. It gets a little entertaining. But uh, Friday night, I'm going to get into Virginia Tech at Old Dominion in Norfolk at Old Dominion. Virginia Tech minus 7.5 over under 47.5. Old Dominion, one of the up-and-coming new teams out of the Sun Belt, takes on Virginia Tech, and unfortunately... Won't get to see Tech's classic Enter Salmon tree that gets the crowd bumping. I mean, love that clip. Uh, Tech heading into Norfolk, Virginia, taking on Old Dominion team will have a tough battle ahead. I mean, you know, you're heading into one of these teams that don't get to see teams like this in their building. So, you know, people are going to be up. I mean, Old Dominion, uh, up and coming school, I think. They're pretty good at baseball, so I see them here and there. But, uh, Tech was 6-7 uh, and seven a season ago with getting crushed in the pinstripe bowl by Maryland. Burmeester led the charge last year at quarterback, but takes to transfer portal heads to San Diego State. 
not really sure if he's starting out there. The two others returned as well, so that's a tough one for him. Uh, transfer Grant Wells from Marshall uh, has been named the starter through for 3,500 yards last year, 16 of 13 tees, iron interceptions. Uh, will be tough coming into the ACC playing some better teams. That's what he was used to a season ago. Mm. Has had two years of significant playing time under his belt. He did face off against Old Dominion last year at Marshall. They ended up winning in overtime 2013. Um, you know, Welster for over 300 yards a game, two TDs and two INTs, and also threw a lot, 46 times. I mean, this guy is used to this team, so he does, I guess he does have a feel for them already, which is good going in. Uh, they do lose their leading rusher and versatile player, Blackshear, former transfer from Rutgers. And they do return uh, Malaki Thomas. Turns. Uh, got some carries last season, but still new and getting some more experience. Uh, they lose their top two wide receivers, Turner Robinson, but return Caleb Smith and pick up a four-star transfer, Jordan Blue, Jadon Blue from uh, Temple, which is huge. Temple is a terrible team, too. I mean, could probably a good thing he got out of there. On the defensive end, they do return most of their linebacker crew. Lose one to the NFL, but still have starting three seniors. Still have three seniors starting. Uh, they do lose defensive tackle Jordan Williams. Most of the D line has veterans with experience, and you know they'll pick up the slack for him. Uh, in the secondary, they lose Waller and Daly, but return four other upperclassmen who had playing time well last year as well last year. Um, you know they they lost a couple key guys, but. They return a lot of guys from last year, which will benefit them. Um, on the other side, Bowl Dominion finished the 2021 season six and seven. Lost to Tulsa in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Uh, started at one six, finished the regular season on a five game win streak to get them to a bowl berth. Five and three in the Sun Belt Conference, uh, but the Sun Belt Conference, you know, mediocre. So, is it really that big of a deal? But uh, so I mean. Listen, it's equal competition, so when you're a good team out there, it, it helps. But uh, this team was 5-3, and three, having him as the quarterback. Uh, this is sophomore Hayden Wolf, um, returning quarterback from them. But uh, he went on the five-game winning streak to end the season. This team pretty much returns everyone on offense, including the running back and number one wide receiver. Uh, all this experience of playing will definitely make them a contender in the Sun Belt and could win some other big games, including this one. Even on defense, this team loses very little besides leading tackler Jordan Young. Both offensively and defensively, this team has played together and know each other. They pretty much only lose one to three guys on defense, so their D-line are full of just, you know, six four monsters. This uh, line is a little weird, though. Seeing Virginia Tech entering only seven points, favorites against Sun Belt Old Dominion. Uh, games away, and Virginia Tech has a lot of new phases around and lose talented players. I'm going to stay away. But uh, I'll keep an eye on it just to see how it goes. I mean, it is a Friday night. Not many games on that are good, so I'll probably just tune in and lean back. Um, another game on Friday, returning back to the Big Ten, starting up with uh, Illinois at Indiana. Hoosiers minus one and a half over under 46. Uh, we got to see the Illini week zero against Wyoming. It was a win under the official picks. Yeah, two unit actually. I thought they looked solid, especially Chase Brown ran for 150 on 20 carries. DeVito looked solid, but you know, I thought he would have 
been better. I mean, it was his first game. You know, he adju- he's adjusting to the new team. But uh, he's got to pick it up against the Hoosiers. I mean, this is a conference game. This is bigger. Uh, this line did start off at Indiana, minus two and a half, and has been moving in favor of the Illini. And I do think it makes sense. I, Illinois, Illinois did not look bad last season. I mean, Indiana is coming off a 2-10 2021 season with their only wins against Idaho and Western Kentucky. I mean, this team is just still not that good either. Don't really return much. All their quarterbacks sucked last year and not really expecting things to change this year. I mean, they still haven't named the starting quarterback yet, but I think Tom Allen hasn't. He's like keeping it a secret until game time or something, but my guess would be uh, Missouri transfer Connor Bezalak. Uh, I think he's been going back and forth with Tuttle. But uh, still nothing. Probably won't know. Keep it a secret. I, I don't know how these college teams just get away with keeping secrets like that until game time. I mean, just why not? Just tell us. Come on. Um, lost a lot in the transfer portal, too, but also lose leading rusher Stephen Carr and number two, Poindexter. The other turned DJ Matthews and Swin, but lost their two top wide receivers from 2021 and their leader in receptions, tight end Hendershot to the NFL. Uh, defensive side, they lose their top tackler and sack leader, uh, Mika McFadden, linebacker. However, they do return a lot of defensive backs and a lot of upperclassmen on this defense. The only issue is they only had five INTs, so you don't see them get many turnovers. Uh, they rank 60th in the country in rushing defense, and I would expect the Illini to use Brown even more this week. Uh, yeah, my play is going to be uh, Illinois again. I mean, this team actually shut out, shut them down. Like, Wyoming wasn't doing anything. And now they're going to be plus two at Indiana, who's coming off just a terrible year. I, I don't get it. And then, you know, Belema is a good coach. This guy has his team and this, this guy has his, their team going. I mean, I don't know. I don't understand this line. Maybe I'm missing something. But the game is at Indiana. I could see them playing well and hard. You know, it's a conference game. I get it. But, you know, that's a confidence booster for Illini. Now they have a game under their belt. They're 1-0 going into conference play. They're feeling confident. And, you know, they played a game together, and they know they could beat, you know, bad teams and beat them well. That team wasn't doing anything. But I'm going to take the Illini um, plus one and a half. Only thing that scares me maybe is Basil Basilak comes in and might, you know, do well for them. I haven't seen, you know, Penix Jr. is terrible. I think he went to Washington. But, uh, you know, I'm sure Basilak is a step above him. But I still like Illinois here. But uh, official play will be the Illini plus one and a half for one unit. All right. Moving into Saturday's games, we have quite the slate. Biggest thing is getting a, re- a feel for some of these teams and how they perform week one. Honestly, this is the best time of year, so it's great to be back. Love you guys. Hope you guys enjoy the season as much as I will. Yeah, first game, 12 p.m., NC State at East Carolina. NC State minus 11.5 over under 51.5. NC State coming into this season with a lot of hype, and rightfully so. They they did finish 2021 9 3, and the bowl game was canceled due to COVID. But now they do play in the ACC. Obviously, not the strongest of conferences, but not like East Carolina is. I mean, they play they play shit teams too, so it's nothing crazy. Uh, a quarterback, New Jersey native, Devin Leary, turns his junior year, coming off 3,500 
yards from last year, 35 TDs and five interceptions. Honestly, I would give quarterback is huge in college football. You know, obviously in college and the pros, you have a good quarterback, your team's probably fucking good. Especially Larry, since he could be a Heisman candidate this year. Um, however, they did lose a few weapons on offense. Both running backs tonight and person who split carries a season ago are gone as well as uh, number one wide receiver, uh, Mika Mizzi. Now, a good quarterback will make the players around him better, especially wide receivers, obviously. Um, I'm not worried about them at the wide receiving staff. They do have a few returners with some experience under. Uh, you know, actually, this defense for NC State also ranked number 12 last season in the nation. So this team knows... This team knows what they're doing on defense. The significant players they lose are, you know, Daniel Joseph and uh, V. Jones definitely contribute, but they return all their secondary and linebacker Drake Thomas, who I expect to have a great and bat, who is expect to have a great year and backbone to the defense. Uh, East Carolina comes in off a seven and five season with a canceled bowl as well. Pretty much beat the teams they were supposed to and lost the teams they were supposed to. They do return. Quarterback Holton Allers, who threw for over 3,000 yards, 18 TDs, and 10 interceptions, but will have his hands full with this defense. I mean, he hasn't seen one like this lately. At least they're home and have that going for them. They do also return uh, Keaton Mitchell, 1,000-yard rusher last year. Um, unfortunately, they lose top wide receiver Tyler Snead and all, also almost Shotshell. I would expect them to get run game moving early and slow down this game for them. Um, defense was middle of the pack, ranked around 60 in total defense in 2021. Didn't face uh, an offense like NC State's closest team would have been Cincinnati. Uh, they do return most of their defense, but do lose their leading tackler, Bruce Givens, and defensive backs, uh, McMillan and Saba. Strongest part of the defense is their lines. So hopefully they could put up uh, some pressure on Leary, hopefully make him make a mistake. I would expect NC State to be passing heavily on this East Carolina team. I mean, they haven't really seen anything like this. Line is 11.5, hasn't moved much. I feel like East Carolina is one year away from being a contender and upsetting a team like this and our home, which will help. However, this is NC State's defense is going to shut them down. Uh, I'm going NC State, minus 11, by the half point, and don't get fucked like this pick game if you were on the minus 7.5. But minus 11 for one unit, book it. All right, I'm going to dive into my good team, uh, Rutgers. Love them. But I uh, can't bet on them. You know, i got to follow the law and all that over here in Jersey, so can't bet on your uh, college teams for some dumb reason. I don't know why. I don't know what they think is going to happen, but apparently can't do it. So Boston College, or Rutgers at Boston College. Boston College minus seven, over under 48. Hometown Rutgers heading up to Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts, taking on BC. Don't know who the starting quarterback is for Rutgers just yet, but I would think it has to be Wimsett. You know, I, I can't see them throwing out Vidral again. I mean, the guy, we know what he is. Why are we going to keep throwing him out there and then he's just going to lose his spot in a couple games because they won't win, and then they're just going to put Wimsett in anyway. Get Wimsett in the game, starting experience, get him going now. I get he's a redshirt freshman, he's still young, but still, get his feet wet while he's here. Get the experience in. It's just going to help him even more. You know, he, 
last season he was in in and out of games, but you know we want to get him starting in like the field for his own game. He's not coming in and taking over somebody else who gave up thirty points already. But uh, Shiano and Rutgers, um, this is where Shiano just needs to pick it up. Honestly, I think, and I think he's been around good programs for a long time. Um, went to Ohio State, you know. Obviously, he was in the NFL, but he knows what it takes to run a team. Um, you know, just put some money into the program. People will come if you're doing well. I mean, look at basketball. People sell out uh, the rack all the time or the Jersey Mike's Arena. So just put more money into it, make the facilities better, get some of these recruits that we're losing. Um, Rutgers did go 5-8 and eight last season, got invited to the Gator Bowl, play Wake Forest, got hammered. I mean, they're taking the spot of somebody else. So um, not existing on offense that game. But uh, they lose leading rusher Pacheco and lose uh, number one wide receiver Bo Mellon. He'll be missed. Uh, they return wide receivers uh, Jones and uh, Krushank. Uh, hopefully they help Wims out if he's starting. But uh, on defense, they lose all their linebackers who got significant time last year but return most of the D-line to pick up the slack. Uh, they return interception leader Max Mellon but lose a couple other defensive backs. This team will have a mixture of starters who are veterans but will also have a lot of newcomers. Is very mixed and will take a couple games to get used to and have Wimsett get comfortable in these uh, high-intensity games. He was able to get some snaps last season, but, you know, in and out split in time. You know, we, we need his – he needs to have his own game. Uh, you know, on the other side of the ball, Boston College returned senior quarterback Phil Jerkovich, who was hurt most of the last year, but in 2020 he threw for 2,500 yards with 17 tees and five interceptions. You know, this guy's good. And he's returning for his senior year. He's gonna, he's gonna want to win. Uh, they also returned their leading rusher Garwell, ran for over a thousand uh, season ago. And their top three wide receivers returning will definitely be happy to have Jerkovich back throwing to them. Pretty much their entire D line returns, and all of them are from New Jersey and are upperclassmen. A lot of times, you know, a lot of time playing together and getting familiar with each other. It's it's gonna help them. Lose a few in the secondary, but have returning seniors would be in DeBerry returning. This BC team finished up 6-6 six and six with making a bowl, but canceled during COVID. A lot of experience returners coming back for this team with a good quarterback. Uh, fortunately, I, I live in New Jersey, can't bet on Rutgers games, like I said before, so it's going to be a pass. Um, I could never bet against Rutgers, but honestly, I'd take BC in this one. I mean, Rutgers... Looks a little overmatched. I see. I think BC is gonna be actually a contender in the ACC. This team looks good. Actually, they're gonna. I think they'll do some damage out there in the ACC. I mean, ACC is not even that strong. So a team with some returners and a good quarterback will definitely make some noise. Uh next game's uh North Carolina at Appalachian State. That's in Boone, North Carolina. Uh, line has been moving around a lot lately for this game. UNC started out three-point favorites, then App State was favored, now back to UNC being favored. Uh, got to see UNC take on Florida A&M last week, and it was actually an all-right game in the first half, and then UNC took off in the second half, won by 30, as expected, but still didn't cover that 45-point spread. Uh, losing Sam Howell definitely does not help. But Mac Brown brings in freshman quarterback Dre May. Supposed to be the next big thing. We'll see. Uh, he did do pretty well against them. And our game, but obviously it's Florida, you know. 
Um, ton of fresh run on this offensive side. A lot of new faces playing with each other. The defense struggled last week, so not many high hopes going forward. This is UNC, by the way. Honestly, I'm not going to go into depth too much on this game. The line is just way too fishy to have a play here. We'll keep an eye on UNC as they think they'll struggle this upcoming year. I would take App State, but you know they're coming off ten and four year out of the Sun Belt with a loss to Western Kentucky in the RoofClaim.com bowl. Um, they start out with UNC, then travel to College Station to take on Texas A&M. So you do know they they want this win. They're gunning for this one because they know they're going over two if they don't win this one. Uh, senior Chase Bryce returns as quarterback, throwing for over three thousand yards, twenty seven TDs, eleven interceptions. Noel and Peoples return that running back who split carries, and both of them almost posted 1,000 yards rushing each last year. Uh, big hit to wide receiving core, though. Uh, they lose their top three wide receivers from last season. They do bring in a couple transfers and also a couple guys who got some action last year, but definitely not up to last year's standards. <clears throat> Defense loses a few two key guys, too. Uh, you know, I would lean App State, but... Just a lean. They lose key wide receivers and guys on defense. I think it'll be a good game. Um, App, but App might pull it out at the end, I think. But just because UNC is just a little inexperienced, I think they'll turn into a team to fade this year in the ACC. So on to good old Oregon and at Georgia, pretty much the biggest matchup besides uh, Notre Dame, Ohio State. But uh, Georgia... This is at the Mercedes-Benz Dome in Atlanta. Georgia coming in minus 17, over under 53. Marquee game of the week. Georgia coming off the national championship run with that stellar defense. They do lose a lot to the NFL draft, but I wouldn't be alarmed as all these guys are still studs under Kirby Smart. Oregon will be traveling to Atlanta with new head coach, former defense coordinator uh, for Georgia, Dan Lanning. So Oregon does have some knowledge of this Georgia team. Uh, both come in rank, Georgia number three and Oregon number seven, or Oregon number 11. Um, Stenson Bennett returns as quarterback, uh, threw for 29 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Uh, they do lose running backs, White and Cook to NFL, but return McIntosh and Milton who will take over. Uh, Georgia's old line will definitely be open up, will definitely open up some big holes for these guys, so I'm not too worried. Uh, tight end Bowers will return was a leading receiver for this offense they lose Burton to Alabama but return most of the other key wideouts from last year they do lose a bit to the transfer portal but this team is just very talented everyone's good I mean you're the number one team in the country SEC school people are going to you and we're fucking good uh, defensive side is where they lose a majority of their players to the NFL but they will most likely be going against Bo Nix transfer from Auburn at Oregon, um, I feel like he, we all heard how much promise he had. Unfortunately, I don't think he really ever lived up to it. He is familiar with SEC def- defenses, but I don't expect much production out of this passing game. Uh, this Oregon line is good. I expect heavy run offense going into this game. Looks like Byron Cardwell will be the starting quarterback or running back while leading rusher Travis Dye transferred to USC. Uh, they also do bring in transfer Marquis Irving from Minnesota, so that'll help out. Uh, on defense, they lose a lot of their secondary to graduation of the draft. 
but do return most of their D-line. Expect for losing first-round draft pick Thibodeau to the Giants. Um, they'll have their hands full with this offense in a minute. I think 17 is a lot for the first game. Smart has a lot of new faces on defense in both of these teams. O-lines are the strong points. If anything, I would take the under, but I'm staying away from this one. You know, watch it. Uh, take some notes. Just see how they both do. Uh, it's going to be hostile territory. I mean, Mercedes-Benz open. Mercedes-Benz uh, dome is going to be fucking... It's going to be packed. It's going to be sold out. So it's going to be a tough place for uh, Oregon to play in. Um, I mean, these... This team got owned by Utah last year twice. It wasn't even a game. But they do have some new faces, so we'll see. But staying away for now. Uh, next game, Cincinnati at Arkansas. So Razorbacks coming in six-and-a-half-point favorites, over under 53-and-a-half. Cincy heads into Fayetteville, take on the Razorbacks. Cincy came off a playoff appearance last year, led by Desmond Ritter, and lost to Bam in the semifinal. Um Jerome Ford also ran for 1,000 yards, but unfortunately they lose both these guys and their leading wide receiver, Alec Pierce, in the NFL. Strong play of this team last year was their defense. I mean, they do lose some key guys uh, to the NFL again, but top safety Beavers go second round to the Chiefs, and you also have uh, Sauce Gardner going first round to the Jets. And the D-line, they lose uh, Curtis Brooks to the NFL as well. I mean, you know, they, lo- they lost a lot of guys. Uh, Kobe Bryant to to the uh, Seahawks. Kobe Bryant. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's C O B Y. Maybe a double take there. A lot of newcomers and big time players leaving, so it's gonna be a tough matchup going to SEC territory and winning there. Um, number nineteen ranked Razorbacks coming off a nine and four record and a win in Penn to Penn State in the Outback Bowl. K.J. Jefferson returns coming off a good year. He doesn't excite me too much. He's kind of, you know, a little bit of a big boy, run, likes to run first. I'm not the biggest fan of scrambling quarterbacks, you know. kind of like all about the pass-happy stuff. But uh, they do lose star wide out. Uh, Traylon Burks to the draft and not too much behind him from this receiving core. On defense... Uh, they do return leading tackler Bumper Pool, but lose two top linebackers. They do lose a couple other guys on the line in secondary, but also return a few upperclassmen that can help the younger guys. Their rushing offense was number seven in the country last season, while the Cincy D was middle of packed. See a run heavy attack from both teams, while Cincy still hasn't announced their starting wideers or quarterback, but do acquire running back. I'm sorry, but do require running back Corey Kiner from LSU. Uh, I'm. I was just going back and forth with the over under because I'm liking the under. I think there's going to be two run heavy offenses, but I don't know if the one's going to be able to tackle the other. So I'm still reviewing this one. I'm leaning towards the under. Tune in Saturday. I'll give out the picks. We'll go from there. Uh, next games. Uh, I like this one a lot actually. Just because I think there's a lot of hype around this game. I think everybody's expecting an upset. I don't know. I just don't see it. Maybe I can see it in some areas. But, uh, you know, this is the one that I'll have my eyes on uh, Saturday. And that's Utah at Florida. Utah minus three away. Over under 51 and a half. Utah heads into opening weekend in the swamp. There'll definitely be a change of pace weather-wise. A lot of humidity there. They're not, they're not used to that. 
Florida in August and early September sucks. Hot as fuck. Uh, Utah heads in as defending Pac-12 champs. It gave Ohio State a game in the Rose Bowl last year. I mean, this team started off slow, losing two out of three last year, but then finished out the regular season, or rest of the season, 9-2. and two. Brewers started off as quarterback last season, but ended up leaving the program. It was probably the best thing that happened. Cam Rising came in, led this team to the great season they had and returns in 2022. Uh, they also returned... Uh, running back, Tavion Thomas, dude's a beast. I mean, he is fucking good. I'm actually a big fan of his. Just because I was betting against Utah a couple times last year, and man, this dude fucking just run the shit out of the ball. Anyhow, this team likes to use their tight ends, and they return their top two guys from last year. So I expect them to throw a lot to them. On defense, they do lose their top three linebackers to the NFL including Devin Lloyd, first-rounder, and they were a big part of this defense. Uh, defense will have to pick up the slack as they return. Um, they'll need to pick up the slack. I mean, this this Florida team likes to run, especially the quarterback. I mean, they lose Emory Jones at uh, quarterback, but return Anthony Richardson, who split time, likes to run the ball before passing. Never too high on these guys, but it does work out in college football, but... Once you get the pros, man, that shit ain't flying. They're going to get your ass fucked up in the pros. They'll, they'll eat you for breakfast. Yeah, that's why I'm not too big at Jay, as on Jalen Hurts. Honestly, I watched him in Alabama. I always just thought he held onto the ball, like to scramble. I, I can't take that. It drives me insane. Uh, there's a time and place for it. You don't need to do it every fucking play. But uh, this team does lose a lot on offense, including their two top running backs. Uh, I feel like Richardson will need to put this uh, offense on his back. Utah it was top 20 in rushing defense, but losing the, uh, these linebackers will be a major blow. However, they do bring in top linebacker Diabetes from Florida to help out. Defense was ranked 85 overall in rushing defense and did not improve. This is Florida. This secondary also loses star, star defensive back Elam to the Bills. Those lineback- These linebackers are new and scare me slightly for the Utes, but I got to take them after the season they had in 2021 and should be riding the momentum into this year. They'll be up for this game, as I think any team would getting a shot against an SEC team. I expect Thomas to have a big game too, huge rushing game. I mean, I think Rising will have a good game as well, but my pick's going to be Utah minus three, one unit. Um, I'm actually kind of surprised. I feel like a lot more people are on Florida. I thought everybody would be on Utah, which makes me feel – a little bit better about the pick. Um, <clears throat> probably this is the marquee game of the uh, week, but it's Notre Dame at Ohio State. Notre Dame going into Columbus. Ohio State minus 17, over under 59. Now, we all know the news with Notre Dame. Brian Kelly leaving for LSU. And now number five Notre Dame taking on one of the top teams of the nation. Last year, they beat the teams they were supposed to, but went down to Cincinnati and Oklahoma State. I mean, they play a softer schedule now that mostly all their opponents are in the ACC. Uh, so it will be tough uh, since they lose quarterback Jack Cohn and then bring in Tyler Buckner uh, to take the reins. Had some time last season, but hasn't played on stage like this before. Lose top rusher Kyron Williams and uh, wide receiver Kevin Austin, but do return... Michael Meyer um, at tight end. The strong point of this team will be the defense and defensive line. Return all starters from last season, they were good. Uh, and 
probably be improving this year's playing together and knowing each other, having that experience. Uh, unfortunately, they do lose safety Kyle Hamilton first round of the Ravens. So it will be tough for the secondary recovery, especially against C.J. Stroud in this Ohio State offense. I mean, the Buckeyes return Travian Henderson and uh, Jigba, but they do lose uh, Garrett Wilson to the Jets. But, I mean, this offense is fucking good and has one of the best offensive lines in the country. I mean, this team is fucking stacked. Now, I'm not going to take anything in this one. This is something i got to watch, though, but I, I'm, I'm staying away. There's, I don't have too good of a feel for it. Maybe I'll... Uh, maybe I'll um, Take a look around, see what's going on um, as we get closer. This is actually going to be my late-night favorite. I love this game. Uh, I'm kind of uh, torn on it. I do want to pick a side, but I just can't. I, uh, it's uh, Boise State at Oregon State in Corvallis. Uh, Oregon State minus 2.5, over under 56.5. Uh, I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, if you're up for it, 1030 at night. So, I mean, it's going to be a late one, but I don't give a shit. I'll stay up for it. Uh, Oregon State is a good O-line, and I like their quarterback, Chance Nolan. Fan of the show, man. Nolan knows. We got you. But a uh, versatile quarterback can run and throw. Unfortunately, they lose running back B.J. Baylor. They also return wide receiver Harrison and tight end Musgrave to help out with this receiving core. They lose do lose a couple guys on the front seven. Um, but pretty much return uh, their whole secondary and will have their hands full as they take on uh, Bachmeyer for Boise State. Team loves to throw the ball, and they do lose their top wide receivers, Khalil Shakir, the NFL. This defense actually returns a lot of guys with experience and uh, should help Bachmeyer out to get the offense uh, quickly back on the field. I'm actually going to take the under on this one. Both lose weapons on offense, and both have a lot of returners on defense. And I think it's just going to take these offenses a little time to get used to the new guys. So I kind of like unders the first game of the season sometimes, especially when the defense, wow, crazy. Just took the lead for about four, 50 seconds left. See what Purdue can do. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, like that under here, 56 and a half for one unit. That's all the games I'm going to cover for uh, tonight. But there are going to be some games that I'll post on Twitter, I think. I just need... I just want to look into these games a little more. I was doing a review on it, but I think maybe some guys were interested in a review on some of these teams. But you know, keeping my eye on that Houston-UTSA game, I think I'm going to stay away just because Houston does lose McCormick, that running back. He is he was good for that, man. But uh, they do return a lot of guys, but uh, Houston does return a lot of their guys too. So it's gonna. I think that will be a tough game to bet. I might stay away, but keep an eye on it because both those teams are pretty good. Other game is like Army at Coastal Carolina. Um, you know, Coastal Carolina's got the good QB. Army loves to run the shit out of the ball. So, I mean, you got two different uh, teams going at it. So, just something to keep the eye on it. I uh, was thinking about Western Kentucky at Hawaii, but Western Kentucky struggled last week with that uh, garbage team, Austin PA. So, I mean... At Hawaii, too. I mean, the line's 16. It's just, I feel like that's a lot of points. But uh, Sunday, you got Florida State, LSU, Brian Kelly's uh, pretty much his first game with LSU. I mean, my God. A lot of pressure on him. I mean, I think think they'll take it. I mean, it's minus three. I'm going to look into it more. And then Clemson, Georgia Tech on Labor Day, 8 o'clock p.m. Finish up your fantasy football dress. But, uh, you know, it's going to do it. Right now, 
please turn into Twitter for the picks for tonight, the ones we went over. Um, at CMeds11. Going to post them Friday before the games and then Saturday as well. So please tune in, jump on them. And to review the picks, um, we have the Illini plus two Friday night. I'm actually bumping this up to two units, so I like them a lot. I might even take that money line for two units, but uh, go on the Illini for that. NC State minus 11 for a unit. Arkansas under 53.5 for one unit. I might have said 56 by accident, but it's 53.5 for one unit. Utah minus three for one unit, and then Oregon State under 56.5 for one unit. So there you have it. There's the picks for this weekend. Week one, we're here. It's going to go by fast, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, tune in each week. Love you guys. Have a good week. Let's win some money. Thanks.